Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. There's been. There's been a missing person in Clare for 81 long years. Well, today, that person has been found alive and well, and that person's name is Liam McCarthy. So there you go, uh, Brian. Iconic speech from Dalo. We all remember this. Like, I mean, this was when the whole country, except for Offaly, uh, where you're from, were hoping Clare would win this All-Ireland. And when Dalo delivered that line at the end, like, I mean fantastic stuff from him and then followed it up with the whipping boys of Munster one which for me was even better I get goosebumps uh, whenever I hear that even though I'm, fr- I'm from Leash fantastic stuff um, bit of personality in a, in a speech like that Asher Dalo's just different gravy isn't he he's just away with words and um, just just brilliant speeches a couple of brilliant uh, you know one liners you said yourself and look I don't really remember the speech because I was probably in tears it was a uh, <laughs> it was only, only a chap at the time, you know, I was 12 and actually I was heading off to school in Cairns, my first ever straight from straight from Crow Park down to Cairns, we were starting on the Sunday night, so Oh Lord, the next day. So, to make um, matters worse <laughs> to make That was, matters that, that was one of the, that was the worst day of your t- whole teenage life when you think about it <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to get better after that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Just, but, the, uh, one thing, the one thing I remember about the game though is the noise when Claire w- ran out onto the field unbelievable and unfortunately I was actually sitting near the canal end as well so where all the clear crowd were predominantly and um, you know it had that famous banner roar as well they had the bow runs going like it was fantastic really as you said from a neutral's perspective and the colour and the noise and the you know the bow runs and all that sort of thing so you can see why you know to a neutral they were definitely shouting for them um, so it was it was it was a fantastic kind of roller coaster for Clare but Look, they, they did what they set out to do. They wouldn't have learned a dour game, but um, they, they were they were happy to see it that way because the more open it was, it was going to suit awfully, obviously. Well, that was the thing. Like, Clare were massive underdogs going into it. Like, I think in the commentary they said um, there was about 30 minutes gone. Clare will be happy with not being blown out of the water in the opening 30 minutes. They've lived with Offaly. Would it just give you an idea of, you know, how highly rated Offaly were in comparison to Clare? 
Yeah, like, look, awfully, it, the, the, probably the backdrop of that is the fact that they murdered Kilkenny in that Leinster final um, on that famous day, uh, you know, in, in July when it spilled out of the heavens. The game was delayed for a couple of minutes and, um, oh, yeah. you know, awfully never came out of, out of the tunnel and the Kilkenny players were already out in the field and they were cowering under the, the <laughs> umbrellas and they were hiding everywhere. Um but awfully were unbelievable that day. Only a couple of late goals by DJ Carey put, I won't even say respectability on it, but put something on the scoreboard for Kilkenny. So you can see where, where it was coming from. Even though Clare obviously had, had done the job themselves, did one Munster, which was obviously no mean feat at the time, and beating Limerick, and beating them comprehensively in that Munster final. But they weren't given really credit for it. And the same in the All-Ireland semi-final. You know, they beat Galway, and they were comfortable enough, you know, throughout the game. I know Galway made sports come of a comeback at times, but, you know, still they never really looked like they were going to beat uh, Clare. So, you know, Clare had that inner confidence. And it comes back to probably the mindset. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, probably when it was Wexford and Limerick. Um, you know, every player, every ball was massive to Clare. So, you know, that was probably part of their, their game plan to stay in the game as long as they can. And the longer they stayed in it, the more they believed in what they were doing. And, and on the flip side, the less awfully, you know, believed in what was going on because they probably expected to blitz them and blow them out of the water. And I thought there was a brilliant moment near the end, maybe about seven or eight minutes to go. And uh, one of the Clare forwards, could have been Peter Connell, not really sure, Fergie Toot or someone, you know, just kept the ball up in the corner and it goes out for a sideline and Clare win the sideline. And Mike Mack and uh, Mike McNamara and Tony Considine are, are up there nearly playing the ball along with them and they're both pointing, the ball is going in. And it just showed their mindset, you know, that every ball was bloody massive. Yeah, no, it definitely was. They brought a serious intensity to it. We'll talk about that in part two. They played each other, interestingly enough, in a minor um, All-Ireland final in 89. Um, awfully won it handy enough. I'm sure there was a lot of kind of crossover of players there. Yeah, there was. And, uh, you know, there was a good good few, obviously, progressed from, from definitely from the Offaly perspective, but similar too for, for Clare. And then, you know, Clare and Offaly went on to dominate under 21, but, you know, um, Offaly couldn't win that All-Ireland, you know, they lost three under-21 All-Irelands around that time, 89, 91, 92. So they just couldn't do it. Um, so, you know, those players came up through the ranks and I suppose 95 was a combination of this for, for both sets of teams. Um, you know, and look, at the end of the day, Claire would have viewed it that they won, won the big one. But uh, what, what confidence, uh, what inner belief they had and what Gerald Knan had obviously done with them. You know, his his statement at halftime is so iconic now, you know, we're going to do it. Um, brilliant piece of, of sheer um, belief, I suppose, in what they were doing. But, you know, for all the talk I thought of, of Claire's fitness and it obviously, you know, their training regime seemed to be um, uh, ridiculous, obviously, you know, with uh, Mike McNamara. And as I said, I, I witnessed that firsthand, but it was brutal still awfully stayed with them for most parts of that game. They were probably blown a little bit harder, but you know they weren't blown away by, by sheer fitness either. Yeah, maybe not. We actually have that Sherlock Nan audio for maybe the one person in the whole country who hasn't heard it by now. What you said to your team at halftime? Well, we haven't played as well as we could in the first half. However, we've been against the wind. So now the game is going to be won now in the next 35 minutes. And I've just asked him to give him that last ounce for Clare for this 35 minutes. You think you're going to do it? We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I don't know what he knew, Brian, but he uh, he knew something because they were dead and buried except for a massive stroke of luck. Um, Eamon Taff was going to be brought off. 
and he ended up scoring the goal. The ball came off the crossbar, which is very, very unusual in hurling to pop back out. It actually happened recently in a game we were covering, didn't it? Yeah, the 97 uh, All-Ireland. Was it 97, exactly. Eugene O'Neill's one went against him. Or did it come off David Hughes's hurl or did it come off? I thought it came off the crossbar. I've looked at that a hundred times and I think it hit the crossbar, being honest. I think, you know, David was just unlucky. He probably lost the flight of it and and it hit the crossbar. You know, you expect keepers to deal with that uh, type of ball. I'm sure he has nightmares about it, but um, to me, it hit the crossbar and came down and and Eamon Taft just caught it lovely on kind of the half volley, just on the bounce and rifled up into the top corner and uh, Kevin Keenan done his best to to block it. Um, But, you know, sometimes you need a bit of luck. We've said that loads of times before. Um, you know, because Offaly had probably got a goal, I won't say against the run of play, but, you know, they, they got Johnny Pilkinson's goal to kind of keep them um, just ahead of, a nose ahead of, of Clare. And it probably needed a goal from Clare to, to maybe change the whole the whole thing. But they got it just at the right time, you know, a couple of minutes to go, coming down the home stretch and all the momentum was with them. Even though Offaly got the free straight out of it, after it um, from Johnny Dooley, tapped it over, bring it back to a draw. It still looked like there was only going to be one winner at that stage. It kind of did, yeah. So we're going to do it. Jer Lucknan just knew. So there was a bit of early curse, obviously, that everybody knows about. Poor Mayo can't shake off their curse. If Mayo were if Mayo were were two points down with six or seven minutes to go, do you think they get a nice handy one off the post? Whatever their curse is, must have been a lot stronger than Biddy's. Oh, that's for sure. So poor old Mayo and they scoring their own goals themselves. <laughs> they, they, do, were yeah. they were two points down, they'd probably go down and score a goal against themselves, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, un- unlucky. But yeah, look, I thought, uh, look, I thought both defences were on top, but like, Dalo was probably quiet for most of the game, but he really came to the fore, I thought, in the last four or five minutes. He was back, one important ball on his own full back line, clearing it out the field, just big plays, and then obviously stood up when they needed him to hit those, you know, hit the long range free, which hit, hit the crossbar, and then stood up and scored a magnificent 65. And look, I chatted him there lately about that in, in, in my podcast, and he said like that, you know, Sean McMahon was coming over to hit it and Dalo said, no, I'll hit it. And he was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll hit it. And look, Nan even came running onto the field because Hubert Rigney was down uh, receiving attention. And look, Nan was like, what are you doing? And he goes, no, no, I have this. So like, what a captain's role to stand up there, um, you know, and, and nail that 65 because it was a fantastic, a fantastic effort because it, it wasn't an easy one. No, there's no doubt it wasn't. Come here, on a lighter note, what the hell is Pat O'Connor doing wearing shin pads? And Connor Clancy too. This is outrageous. This is back when uh, hurlers, hurlers were hard men. Yeah, well, no, Pat O'Connor's from my club and he is a hard man. But actually, Pat was uh, broke his leg, um, a double leg fracture. And he was very wary of it coming back. So that's why he wore the shin guards. He felt some bit of better protection with his shin right. guards. I can't speak for Conor Clancy, obviously, but uh, and he was a tough man too. The two of them were tough as nails, so uh, maybe he had, uh, had an injury as well. I know I used to copy Pat when I was younger as well. He used to buy shin guards and wear the socks down, <laughs> <laughs> thinking this was cool. But uh, I wasn't long about copying on and getting rid of them. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> Pat had a, had a right battle with, with uh, Brian Lawton. Like, Brian Lawton won everything out in front. There's no doubt about it. But <clears throat> what Pat did was actually, he never let him clear the ball. You know, he, he ran after him, he harassed him and he flicked the ball off him and only allowed maybe Brian, Brian Lawton to, to hand pass it out. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm still saying Brian Lawton. Brian, 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 stop, stop. Brian Lawton put poor Pat O'Connor into his pocket. That was a massacre. Now stop with your cool dairy rose tinted glasses here. I know, like honestly. It was a massacre. <laughs> Brian Lawton was, was unbelievable. I'm not trying to say he wasn't, but what I'm saying is he might have been 
he might have been completely dominating his position, but it probably is a lesson for someone to stay going and stay and trying to try to do something with. When when Pat O'Connor went off, my top Brian Lowe and cleaned up altogether. Oh, I don't know. I think there's some cool dairy because Brian Lowe never gave Dignan a puck of it. It was just uh, it was just try in the last ten minutes when Lowe had the injury that uh, that he won uh, a bit try, of ball in, in front. Try got yeah, a few yeah. balls out, out under the side. Out under the side. What about Frank Ma- or what about Mike McNamara and Eamon Cregan? Um, yeah. getting into it. A real uh, kind of petulant kick from Mike um, after a t- I'd say the two of them shouldered each other. Yeah, I never actually saw that clip before. I actually did some laughing when I saw it. You know, I threw a little boot at him. Um, a little, yeah, petulant boot, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of looked around and go, did that actually happen? It was almost like a <laughs> Father Ted moment, <laughs> kicking Bishop Brennan up the arse. And uh, um, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Mike Mack wasn't afraid uh, to stand up to him anyway, but sure, look, <clears throat> we know from uh, what what Lucknan said about Cregan uh, a couple of years later, there was no love lost between Cregan and those Clare boys. No, there definitely didn't seem to be all right. Right, we'll leave it there, Brian, because Brian Lohan is on the line um, now. Brian, we were just talking there about the row between Mike McNamara and Eamon Cregan. Um, it was all kicking off at that stage. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, we would have only been, um, we've only um, uh, become aware of that after the game that there was a little bit of an altercation. But um, the, um, they, 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 we wouldn't have known about that at the time obviously enough it just just happened so I, and to be honest with you I don't really know what happened between the two of them I think it was a yeah it was something like a, a bit, looked like a bit of a shoulder and a little bit of a kick from Mike then so like I mean I'm surprised Lachlan didn't bring it up at half time yeah they, well they, he could have but it, as I guess remember now that geez, I, 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 I wouldn't remember that now I, I, after a game I would barely remember what ha- what happened at half time at the moment 20 years later or 25 years later. You've absolutely no chance. What Lachnan was talking about in the lead up to the game was that Offaly can't handle clear hurling. They can't handle the way we play. What do you, what, what did he mean by that, do you think? Yeah. Um, well, uh, Lachnan has a way of, 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 of doing things um, 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 creating the narrative to to, to what he wanted to get across himself, and um, maybe it might have been right, the fact that it was the first, our first Ireland final, obviously enough. But um, what he focused on at the time was that Offaly just couldn't handle Clare Hurland. Even from his days when he was playing, he reckoned that they were always able to beat Offaly. Right. So they had good hurlers, uh, good skillful players, but he kept focusing on on the fact that. Offaly will not be able to uh, handle the way we're playing, regardless of all the great players that they had or 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 anything like that. He didn't he didn't he didn't mention that. It was more that they couldn't uh, handle the way that we we play. So maybe in his thinking at the time, okay, it was an All Ireland final, but that wasn't the big thing. The big thing was that Offaly wouldn't be able to handle uh, the way we were playing. And was that kind of like the intensity he brought to games? Um. I I don't I don't know to be honest. I I can remember at the time that the the certainly for our backs the big thing was that their their forwards that um that if we could keep them outside us you know that we had to go man to man on them but the big thing was to keep them outside us that they weren't going to get inside us um and if they weren't able to get inside us we'd have a good chance of of uh, of beating them. 
do you know what I mean by insiders? As in, they, they while they were um, the forward line that they had, they were brilliant, skillful players. Um, they weren't the kind of player that would get inside you and uh, take you for a goal, or or the, 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 a lot of their hurling was done outside the man rather than inside the man. Right. You know, like if you were if you were if you were coming up against a, a DJ Carey, for example, there's always that risk. If he'll go past you. He'll go past you and it's a goal. Whereas with uh, the awfully forward line that, uh, that was there, um, there wasn't that element of risk uh, that was there. All individually great stickmen, you know, like Sir John Try and Johnny Pilkington, um, all those guys, but uh, as regards blistering pace and, you know, uh, a kind of marquee forward that could really hurt you uh, pace-wise, they didn't have one of those guys. Right, that was that's interesting. Like, I mean, because it, there's no doubt you were well on top. You could, they only you only conceded two eight, which is like it's nothing in game of hurling. Yeah, it, it was. It was. No, it was a different. Um, uh, the Crow Park pitch um, or, or the stadium, more so the pitch uh, that was there, was a different kind of ground to the ground that is there at the moment. You know, it was it was it was a heavier kind of a ground. Um, and it certainly was more enclosed. It was very difficult to find space, you know, very difficult to get in your clearances. And likewise for a forward, very difficult to, to get your shot away. You know, there's a, if you were looking at the hoops and blocks, you know, there was no one looking at hoops and blocks and turnovers back then. But if, if they were looking at them, you know, the stats would have been very high because it was so difficult to get your strike away. Yeah. Um, it was probably for that reason it was a scrappy enough game, was it, Brian? Like, I mean, we're doing a lot of All-Ireland finals now looking back on them. And, you know, like the 97 final would have been a much higher standard, you know. And like it was just, it, it seemed like there were a lot of nerves out there that, that day, no? Um, I don't know. It was it was a physical game. Like, it, it, yeah. it was, like even the, the semi-final that we played that year was... Um, you know, the ball was moving up and down the field a bit more, whereas this was, it was a, a more dogged, yeah. physical, um, more physical, uh, plenty of hitting, um, plenty of um, uh, physical exchanges, you know, between at all sides of the field. So in the forwards and the backs, you know, all over the field, it was it was physical. And probably the, the, the things that you remember most about the game, you know, the belt of Ollie Baker in the last five minutes, um, um, his that that's probably the the image from the game that you're you're um, you remember more than more more than any of the other ones, you know. So it's you know it, it definitely was physical. It, it was physical. I don't know if you call it scrappy. That's not been too 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 kind in the game. Like it was, but it was physical. Yeah, it was, it was physical. It definitely was. To, I think it was the two points before half time were huge scores because Offaly just got a goal. It was a, f- a fluke of a goal, and that it put them four up. And the two scores just before half time, at least you had something to build on. Then you know you went in. I'm sure the, the the you know the mood in the dressing room would have been a lot different had you been four down after conceding a fluky goal. Yeah, no, you have very poor goal that that that, that, that we conceded, but. Um, crucially, we did get those couple of scores, and Sparrow got a really uh, Sparrow got Brilliant a really one, yeah. piece. Yeah, it was you know let the ball ball came in. Uh, he lets the ball beat him, goes into the corner, and it's a kind of a shot to nothing. Like it's it was you know 
on the 21 or maybe inside the 21 but he had even in training now he was he was very good at that like uh, that he was very able very good striker from that kind of angle and that kind of um, uh, that, that acute angle to get him over the bar so for him for most forwards that would be a kind of a 50-50 shot but for him it was a kind of a uh, an eighty twenty shot, you know, he he was just very good for from playing in that particular corner for years. Well, he's a weird one, Sparrow. Like he could get a really hard one there, like that, and then he could miss an easy one. Yeah, it was it, it was it was, but that was kind of like his uh, it was like his his party piece really. He could he could throw him over the bar from that kind of position, yeah. you know, that that position that he was used to being in. Um, so it was it was crucial, a really, really crucial point for uh, for us. And you know, Sparrow all year was producing crucial scores. You know, he was he was excellent, excellent all year. One thing that struck me was the noise um, in the stadium when he ran out in the pitch because Offaly had been out there poking around for a little while, um, and then you know, you were announced and you ran out. Do you, do you, have you any memory of the noise? As because he sprinted out like you were. Going down the top, coming down out of the down where the old dressing rooms were down near the canal end. You were coming out of there a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was. Look, it was all new to us. Like it was. It was a different time. It was like if if you were to go back and just be a fly in the wall on the dressing room that day. Like that dressing room was full. Um, Fifteen twenty minutes before we went out in the field, that was full. You know, it was all press people. <laughs> Various people from, you know, with care connections from around Dublin <laughs> all seemed to be inside in the dressing room. And there were tiny dressing rooms. I remember being in them. Yeah, they were. They were. They were tiny. They were, they were tiny. It was just before they uh, redeveloped the Hogan stand um, side of the field. So, uh, yeah, but it was a different time. Like nowadays, you know, you don't have any of that um, uh, presence of, of, uh, reporters or um, uh, people from the press uh, being in immediately before matches, but at that time that was that was accepted then, and um, that was the way it was done, and uh, that was the way it was done then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, when you pulled your hamstring in the semi-final against Galway, and the first time you had sprinted on that hamstring was running out onto the pitch. Is that right? You hadn't actually tested it out uh, fully before that. That was the advice that I got. So yeah. we say Colin Flynn, who was who was our physio at the time, um, say, um, and we at the time we would have used uh, Doctor Khan down in Cork um, for you know he had an association with with hurling and football for years and years, um, and uh, I went down to see him you know um, after after I pulled the hamstring. Um, and his advice at the time, listen, he says, you're not going to be able to get this sorted uh, before the match. Just rest up. And um, first time you should sprint is running out onto the field. That's, that was his advice at the time. And that's what we did. Now, I did, you know, in in the lead up to a game, like um, you'd be in Kiswick Park, say I was doing my, my while the lads were playing their matches, um, I was doing you know, press-ups and sit-ups and, you know, 40-metre, um, not sprints, but kind of going to 85% or 90% yeah. on, 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 on your sprint, but not, you know, when you pull a hamstring, anyone who's pulled the hamstring, 
you're always it's at the back of your mind all the time that Jesus, if I go a little bit further, it might go on me. Yeah. Um, and that was in that was in the back of of my head up to up to the game. Right. The advice I got not to sprint in it, and that's what I did. So you so you got through five minutes into the second half. Then you pulled it. Did you pull it badly, or did you pull it as bad as the Galway game, or you know how bad was it? It, it was. It was. Um, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but it would have. It, it wasn't that bad. Um, but if someone had taken me on, I was gone. Right. So if if, if um, Dyson came in at one stage and he took me on, gave a bad pass to John Troy. Um, oh, running but, past, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it broke in behind, and then uh, John Troy was in uh, was in for the last ten fifteen minutes of the game, and a couple of balls broke out out to the wing. And you can get out to it, but if you were to turn and come back in, you were goosed. So right. it was, um, um, but obviously he wouldn't have known that. So no, and were you were you trying to were you trying to kind of disguise it from Troy that there was something wrong with you? Because you know Troy got on a couple of balls with ten minutes ago. Now he wouldn't be blessed with pace anyways, but he didn't sense that you know you weren't a hundred percent. Yeah, well, um, no, he wouldn't have been, and he wouldn't have been on me. Uh, he wouldn't have been on me when when it went either, so he mightn't have picked up on, on right. the fact that that, that that the hamstrings on under pressure. So um, you know yourself. It's only when you're when when someone takes you on that you really feel how badly um, uh, the hamstring is um, uh, when someone takes you on. So he, he wouldn't have been aware of that. So you know he got he got two balls right underneath the the, the Hogan stand and struck both of them. Um, one of them I was on the ground and I can I can still see the ball being struck and it only went they were three up at the time and that was to put them four up and it just drifted by by maybe an inch two inch outside the post so um, you know it, he, he 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 struck the ball well but they just drifted um, and he was a brilliant striker so you know for him now that would you know, he, he would have been expecting to put it over like it would be an 80-20 shot for him as well. Like so. Yeah, because the the yeah. lady lady look was on your side because Taff uh, scored the goal and he was going to be taken off, and then it was from uh, Dalo, you know, attempted point and it came straight back off. Was it a crossbar or was it off David Hughes's hurl straight back to Taff? So there there was definitely uh, there was somebody looking down on you that day. Yeah, it was it was it was extraordinary really because. And um, when you think of it, the guy who was hitting the freeze, like Shawnee hadn't, Shawnee had started the game brilliantly, got the first point from play, you know, put it over the bar, then took every one of his freeze, landed every one of his freeze. So everyone, he he was on 100% on on, on his freeze. And then Dalo decides that he was going to take in the, um, uh, going to take in the long freeze and took the 65 that, that won it. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was, there was, there was no sense to that. Um, <laughs> you know, a guy who had been hitting them all year and putting them over the bar all year and hadn't missed one in the game and then they decided to take him and you know just felt good about him and uh, took the shot set up the goal and then when the 65 came in the in the last minute or whenever it was um, to put his point up Daylor decides to stand over puts it straight over and you know we got we got we got a, an insurance point then after that from free from Jamesy, but um, 
you know, fair play to Dado, like he called it, and he just went up, took the shot, put it straight over the bar. Right, and he would have had seniority over you, more relatively young fellas there, that he could call, uh, he could make those calls on the field, I suppose. Yeah, he, well, he was kind of, um, he was, he wanted us, you know, if, 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 if a player wants it, um, and he obviously did want it, he was feeling good about it, he was, you know, he had a brilliant, um, brilliant second half in particular. Had a good, good game all through, but his second half in particular, he was outstanding. Uh, so he was getting on the ball. He was very confident, um, and yeah, he. There was no instruction that came from no instruction came from the sideline or anything like that. He uh, he just decided to to take it. So he would have he would have you know he was he was. He was he was the captain of the team. He was um, a great leader for us. Um, so, and I don't think he ever made too many. I don't think he ever made any mistakes. You know, um, yeah. from, from that perspective, like so. We we yeah, were talking. We were. We were talking about his speeches there. Obviously, that All Ireland one was a great one, and the Whipping Boys of Munster was a great one. Like I get goosebumps watching that, and I'm I'm from Leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think uh, not to be um, revealing too many secrets, but I think uh, Dalo had practiced that uh, ninety-five speech <laughs> before he had to make it. So uh, yeah, he he uh, he thought about it for for a long time, and he is. Uh, he is well able to talk and he is well able to give a good speech. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he definitely is. Do you think the do you think I don't know, the backroom teams are so big now that the, the presentation speeches are just tanking twenty different people and sure the crowd are losing the will to live by the time they're over. Like the, the personality's gone out of them altogether. Yeah, it's 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 different. Certainly is different now, yeah. Uh, it's different um, but still you know, a great honour for anyone to go up and uh, to accept a, a, a cup, but um, yeah, it is it is different now. And you you also see because the backroom team is so good, uh, everyone has has notes. You know, to, to, <laughs> um, I suppose in, in particular, Cluxton, you know, they've won it for the last five years, and each time he has a he has he's he's reading out his uh, his, his his notes. So, yeah, yeah, it was different. It was different back then. We had. We had um, obviously Lubnan, um, Tony Hansen, and Mike Mack, um, and then Colin Flynn, um, and that was that was kind of your that was kind of your your your, your backroom. So yeah. your psychologist was Lubnan. He was you, you know your 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 strength and conditioning coach was you know Mike Mack. All the tactical stuff was Lubnan as well and Constant. You know. The, and then any of the, the 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 physio stuff and kind of a little bit of psychology as well would have been would have been Colin Flynn, um, you know. So so yeah, that that was I suppose people had to had to double up on roles or triple up on roles or you know they were it was a different kind of uh, different kind of regime, but it was the same for every every, every inter county setup. Yeah, that was there. No, it was at that time. Career so awfully got the revenge then in '98. Just to finish up um, with you, like I saw you're on record as saying that that game should have been awarded um, to you. We did the '98 final a couple of weeks ago. Awfully obviously went on to win it because he never really recovered yeah. from '98 in a way, Brian. Did you? Yeah. Well, we we look. We played the game um, and uh, we won the game. 
Uh, we won the game. Referee blew the whistle. We were two points up. Barry Murphy had the ball in his hand down the corner. And then um, it, um, the, at the time, say, Colin Lynch was suspended and I was suspended as a result of the Waterford match previously where, yeah. where, where uh, Lynch got the line. Well, no, I got the line. And uh, Lynch uh, was... Um, there was a... He was done after, yeah. He was done after. He yeah. was done afterward on the um on the the someone saw him from the crowd hitting no I think everyone saw him in the crowd that was there um at the throwing and that was dangerous play or whatever it was. And he got suspended as a result of that. <laughs> so um but from my perspective or from, from the player perspective, you know, the referee you're always told that the game is over once the referee blew the final whistle and the referee blew the final whistle so I don't think that, that it's, it, it should have gone to a replay we were ahead at that stage um, and then it was very difficult to come back into it then after that we went down we played awfully in Turles and they beat a couple of points um, in um, in a great performance from Offaly in fairness they were, they were excellent on the day we found it very hard to get get freeze, you know, um the match against Offaly that we that, that we played. Um it was uh, Jimmy Cooney was refereeing it. Um, you know, Jimmy wouldn't have had a huge amount of experience at that level and yet he got the game like um and we found it very difficult to get 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 freeze that day. Um so yes, yes, the the we would have felt the things that had gone against us a bit. Um, and then, in the end, we were beaten. I suppose beaten, beaten by you know a couple of points, but still we were beaten. Best team. If you were looking on that third day, the best team won the game, so we couldn't have any complaints about that. But complaints about um, why we may go to to the third. I I don't think you you've you've any other incident um, or any other time where where where. Say the referee's decision, like the final whistle was blown. I think there might have been one minor game um, where a team was asked to, to to replay it. But we, and this is in the history of the of the GA, like this is going back, you know, over hundred years. I think there was one other case, um, minor game. Um, but um, yeah, that was that was that was that was our experience. Fair play, Brian. Thanks very much for taking the call. We'll talk to you again. Okay, Colm, talk to you soon. Good luck now. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. A few weeks later, they played Kilkenny below Nolan Park. The same year. You can't touch this. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. There was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. <laughs> yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing watching him. <laughs> there he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy, you can't touch this. Yeah, that's how we living, and you know, you can't touch this. Look at my eyes, man. All right, so clear 113, awfully 2 8. What a low scoring game here, Brian. And, like, I mean, whether you want, like to admit it or not, awfully were dreadful, and Claire were just slightly better. Mm. Now, having, having said that, both defences ex- were excellent. Yeah, as I said, I thought both defences were definitely on top. You know, almost to a man, they they won their their battles. Probably the only forward that hurled 
above above himself was Fergie Tootie. Like what a performance, particularly in that second half. Yeah. Um, you know, four points he finished up with, but three huge scores in that second half um, when Clare really needed them. You know, I'd say most of the forwards that were on, on display that day were actually disappointed with how they hurled. Um, you know, look, I, I know you're probably accusing me of... of Bias towards Pat O'Connor. Yes, I, I am not not saying he he, he outhurled um, Brian Lawton by far in the way he didn't. But full forwards back then had a different role. It was much more a stopping type of a role. You know, you look at Conor Clancy at the other end. It was it was an attempt to try and you know hold up play and 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 stop the full back from dominating. And you know, Clancy came out the field and probably did better at that. I thought Kevin Keenan was absolutely immense from Offaly perspective. He won every single ball that came in he was brilliant especially yeah half, especially you know, in the second half yeah we'll get to a few of them in performance of the weekend because there, there were some good standout performances yeah there definitely was the top Frank Lawton as well obviously um, you know he he was immense he he cleared some of the ball out in front as well but um, you know the the, the clear backs they, they just um, they kept it really really tight I thought both half back lines were brilliant at filtering back onto the in, into their full back line and you know, mopping up a lot of balls. So it was very hard to play a nice uh, low ball inside to each of the full forward lines. Um, you know, midfield, I thought Offaly were just about shading that. Uh, you know, Ollie Baker, you know, he had some big moments and particularly a big moment near the end. He, he, he won one ball and, you know, while in possession, he turned Kevin Martin upside down with a, with a big shoulder. I thought it was uh, showed his power and strength but uh, you know awfully I thought in the first half Johnny Pilkton and Dottie Regan I thought they definitely were, were winning that that battle in midfield Well incredibly at half time I listened to the half time analysis and DJ Carey and Jerry Hegarty said that Offaly were struggling in midfield he, they said uh, Dahi Regan was struggling and Johnny Pilkington was anonymous now if you want to have a look at Dahi Regan's uh, contribution to that first half he scored the first point of the game and that was an advertisement of why ground hurling should never be used it was Ali Baker <laughs> just ground hurled straight to him but he made a great run um, for the for Dignan's fluky goal and he got a great catch as well straight from a puck out hand passed it back to John Try for a point and Try really needed that point so like I mean out of a very low tally he's directly responsible for 1-2 and there was other little bits and pieces he was in as well so to say Dahi Riggins struggling is just the most bizarre piece of analysis at least Tomas Mulcahy uh, corrected him in the co-com and said he didn't agree with it yeah like, look I thought Offaly were on top there definitely um, you know and uh, you know Dahi and, and Johnny you know, they dovetailed each other. Obviously, they hurled for Borough as well and they were well used to it and they had won a club All-Ireland earlier that season. You know, that's what led to Johnny being, being captain of Offaly. Um, so they knew each other's game and I thought they, they, they hurled really, really well together. And, you know, you couldn't agree with that analysis, <coughs> being honest. Um, I thought they were, they were excellent. The top, Brian Whelan, was brilliant as well um, in the half-back position. And, uh, you know, he told another brilliant story as well on, on the podcast about where he, he, he was left behind in the hotel, in the Ashling Hotel. He had to get a taxi to all Ireland and got dropped off in Dorset Street and had to run down through the crowd to get into Crow Park. Um, that was his, his warm up for that All Ireland. Um, you know, it's uh, it's mad too. You you know, we, no one knows that. You're, you know, there's probably sixty five thousand of that, and not, you know, only a handful of people actually knowing what he was after going through. I thought Brian Whelan um, had a great game. He made an unbelievable hook on. I think it was the Sparrow in the second half for a, for, for a definite goal. Was it Sparrow? Yeah, Sparrow. Yeah, brilliant hook because it was a certain goal. You know, Sparrow is just. You know, letting fly, that was it, in the back of the net and just wheeled and got back. Um, brilliant anticipation, obviously, to see where the danger was, but a brilliant execution of a hook as well because, 
you know, we've all, I've been there myself many times. You could be right over it, but to actually execute it so well, uh, make sure he got no touch in the ball whatsoever. Um, brilliant, brilliant hook. But, you know, he was unlucky too. You know, that very last play, Ollie Baker up the field, what even, what was he even doing up there? But did enough just to shunt Brian Whelan out over the, over the end line um, and just done it in a way that it wasn't deemed a free as well. So, you know, no qualms about that. I, you know, that's not uh, awfully biased. I thought it was a 65. You know, he, Baker had done really well to, to play him out over the end line um, without giving away the free. But, you know, James O'Connor did trouble him a little bit when he went on him in the last couple of last ten minutes. Maybe James he had a couple of very poor wides. You know, he, a couple. He he had four. Yeah. Mm. yeah he had. He. I. I was looking at this. So, like, I mean, it said it in the commentary. So, four bad wides. One. His second wide was almost incredible for James O'Connor. Like, yeah. we're talking about a Hall of Famer here, and he seemed to have lost his head completely. He he had seven shots at the goal in that match and scored once. Yeah, like oh, look at his last free. No, he two frees in the end, so he did shots frees. and scored twice, and he two gimme frees then as well. You know, they, they were gimmies, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were, were just tap overs. But uh, you know, he probably took one free on he shouldn't have taken. But yeah, there was there was handy point scoring opportunities for for Jamesy, and that's why I spoke a couple of weeks ago about his vindication or his performance in that second half against yeah. Tipperary '97, where he scored that first point from playing that second half. It was that weight off his shoulders, you know, and he just cut loose for those last 25 minutes in '97. Whereas, you know, every point or every wide he had in that All-Ireland, it just made it worse and worse and worse for him. And look, you're right. Look, there was a couple of ones that you'd be expecting him just to tap him over. So he was troubling Sid from a different perspective that he was getting shots off, but you know, I thought prior to that, he was probably the third or fourth person that Clare tried on Brian Whelan and, and had got no joy off him whatsoever. Yeah, no, geez, Brian. What did you make of, uh, or Brian Lohan, you mean? What did you make of Brian Lohan's uh, comment that they were they they always tried to keep the Offaly forwards on their outside because Offaly forwards didn't have, uh, did, did no like DJ Carey blistering pace. They were brilliant stick men and they were great hurlers. But they could never do. weren't the type of players that could ever trouble you going past you. I think it's a very, very fair analysis. Being honest, and obviously that comes back to their mindset and their, their, their the hard work they had done in terms of the running, and they trusted that they had the legs on on um, the Offaly forwards, and they did. Uh, being honest, and and you can see their viewpoint. Like Offaly didn't have blister and pace, but they they obviously had brilliant hurlers, and you usually had to work the ball into space and take their point scoring opportunities. But awfully missed some simple chances too. Oh, it straight away of John Troy's one straight in front of the yeah. goal, a gimme score, like you know. Um, Kevin Martin had a bad wide. Johnny Dooley had a miss, bad. a miss yeah. hit shot, and Troy, right. I think Troy had two wides. So, like yeah. both, it was a feeling clear we're completely poking it away, and awfully we're playing terribly, but we're just going to hang on. If you're watching it live, that would kind of be the analysis that you were, you were, you were, you would be coming up with. Yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right. Like, cause, look, as I said, I thought it was a dour game. I didn't. It's not one of the most free flowing uh, spectacles we've ever seen, and even the weather. Like, you know, it was a dark kind of overcast day in Crow Park that day, and um, you know, it was just kind of a mad atmosphere. You know, it was like awfully not hurling well, still looked to be doing enough to be in front and then just got caught with that sucker punch at the end. And look, I've said it a couple of times already, it came back to that belief of Clare. The tighter it was, the more it went on, they just believed that was somewhere they would get their opportunities. 
Yeah, that was it. Awfully forwards only scored three points from play in the whole game and a fluke of a goal. Like, I mean, the goal, I don't know what Dignan was trying to do with the goal. It was a terrible mistake by by Davy Fitz, really. Like, I mean, very uncharacteristic for Davy. And DJ Kerry made the point at halftime um, that uh, Davy would be used to playing with a dry ball and it was a wet ball that day or something. But, like, I mean, I presume Davy would have been playing with wet balls in training. I'm not sure if that. I could see the point he was trying to make. Maybe I'm Yeah, he was probably it. trying to be be nice to him. I suppose, yeah. you know, that he'd made a big mistake in the Ireland final day and I suppose that'd be TJ's na- nature. Um but you know, Davy wasn't the keeper uh, that he was a couple of years later either. You know, he w- he was nervous. That mistake, you know, affected him because even a ball dropped in around the square on, on the ground in yeah. the second half and he dives out with him, flicks it's it out the sideline. You know, like yeah. in, you know, da- you know, the keeper we know of Davy, he never would have done that. You know, he'd taken control of that and burst out and you know he, he was obviously gone nervous at that stage. But uh you know he made a mistake. He should have probably caught the ball, was trying to make sure by putting the hurl to it if if it was a greasy ball. But uh, it just shows the danger of doing that too sometimes because it can just skid off the, the surface of your hurl and it went behind them. Um, you know, it was, it was a bad, bad mistake. You know, Dignan probably should have carried that another couple of yards and hit it even off his right-hand side where he'd, he'd open up his body to to shoot coming in from that angle. Um, you know, Dignan had a nightmare. He, he sure did. And considering, you know, that he wasn't playing in 94 and he would have been, you know, you know, feeling that he was hard done by in 94. I know he was coming back from injury, but... Um, you know, he 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 would have been mad for. He would have thinking he'd be mad for Road, but he got very frustrated early on. You know. Yeah, he's not a. I wouldn't think he was. A, he's a. He's not. A, he wouldn't be anywhere near a natural corner forward. Is a bit. What would the idea of starting him in there be and bringing Joe Dooley out to the wing? Yeah, I suppose. Look, they just thought that maybe Joe. You know, off Liam Dial, that Joe might have suited him, might be able to pick. You know, a few scores off him, but. Cotter Liam Dial had some performance, particularly in that second half. He just the ball was like a magnetum. He yeah. cleared ball after ball. Uh Joe Daly, they gave him every opportunity. But I suppose at the same time they never moved him. You know, they left him wing forward. They probably, you know, considering the experience that Joe had at that stage, having played in eighty four and eighty five, they probably should have put him back into his more natural position, back in corner yeah. forward. Um, you know, maybe bring Dyden out the field. He went into full forward, as you said. He got no change out of um out of Brian Lawton in there whatsoever. You know, Billy Dooley, apart from his very first score, you know, Frank Lawton completely dominated. Oh, uh, destroyed him, well. yeah. Destroyed, you know, destroyed him. him. You know, it was one of the best games I've ever seen Frank Lawton play. Um, so, you know, probably from an off perspective, they were probably quick to, to take lads off. Um, but, uh, you know, the the maybe Joe probably was a little bit hard done by, could have been moved into the corner. What did you make of all the Offaly lads going into their positions before the game and the Clare lads staying in the huddle? I, I'm trying to retrace where this huddle started in the GA. Since we've been doing these nostalgia matches, I think I have this nailed on as Clare started in 1995. I think you're right too. That's my recollection of it as well. Um, I can't remember any other team doing it. No. Them. Uh, and I don't think yeah, it took off it didn't take off wildly after no, ninety five, but it no, it started no. it's gradually starting to, you know, team after team taking it on. Yeah, and, and like probably then I remember Cork, you know, that that, that great Cork team in the noughties, they brought it to another level where they, they went in maybe the goalie and the full back line and the half back line, they went in trees and put their arms around each other. Right. That was a different kind of spin on it. And then obviously it, it's it's probably spiraled out of control now where it's gone a bit easy where you see them standing over the sideline in a 
one line with all the subs and the, the, the management and all that sort of rubbish. But um, I don't know, there was something iconic too about going to your position, wasn't there? I used uh, to love it. I preferred I it. I love it too, yeah. You know, I, I was... Position beside the man you're going to mark, shake yeah. hands with each other, maybe have a little stare at each other or whatever and uh, stand for the National Anthem and then you're ready to go helter-skelter, you know. I prefer I that. I prefer it. Pref- yeah, because it, uh, it was man on man. I always t- said it on the football show that in 2007, Liam Kearns told us, instead of this huddle thing, you're going to go down to your positions and let Dublin do their huddle. And as they're walking down, you're in your area and you're this is where you own that area and they're walking over to you and you shake their hand and you look them in the eye. I just, I really liked it because I remember that's what it was like when you started and I don't know why it is oh you have to be hugging your teammate while that's going on I, I don't think it I think it looks much better if the players are in their positions and I think there's more of a gladiator man on man type of thing fully agree with you. and you know I actually I hate that hugging or putting your arms around each other yeah. even even in a team photo it drives me mad I'm like you're. I know we're a team but you, you're still right it's a man on man combative game that's what it's all about and you have to win your own position as part of that and stand up and be a man and you know I, I'm firmly behind you on that one um, maybe it's because we, we were we were brought up that way but I way prefer it that way I'd love if the GA brought in that rule and brought them you know you had to stand to attention for the national anthem and even breaking away before the national anthem that actually annoys me as well I just think it's disrespectful and I know people say oh they're mad for action and they're ready to go say, no seriously lads you know you have another 10 seconds here or, or whatever stand and have a bit of respect yeah how will you blame the crowd you blame the, the crowd for that They're, they need yeah, to still the players you know the players don't need to break you know what I mean they can they can stand the, the crowd shout and roar anyway I think that's that's par for the course you're going to get that um, but I think I think the GA should bring it back in being honest I, I'd love to see it come back in but um, you know I probably won't at this stage uh, Eamon Cregan said after the game or a few years later he says I could tell things weren't right they knew they were up against it in 94 but there wasn't the same drive in 95 it was the same with us in 1974 that's probably he's talking about with Limerick he says I remember asking after the se- I remember asking them after the semi-final what they'd make of Clare um, what they'd made of Clare they said, um, yeah, they're good, all right, but we'll beat them, was the attitude. That struck a chord with me. I wanted to hear Jesus will have a work cut out to beat them. So there was maybe a little bit of, awfully played with it, like a team that, I don't know, they were, then again, they were a bit like that in 94 too, until the feckin' pulled it out of the bag at the end. Yeah, they were kind of, look, I think that Offaly team were a funny bunch from that perspective anyway. You know, like, they, they always... They didn't turn up during the league. They sputtered through Leinster most years until, uh, <laughs> till, till they actually had a second chance. You know, like it was only when it was knockout that they really took Leinster serious. Um, the, the, the statistics speak for themselves. They never won one past ninety-five. Um, you know, so you know from a, from that team's perspective, they knew they were very good. But I suppose the the, the type of characters that. Uh, they still needed everything, like any sports team. They still needed everything to be pushing in the right direction. They thought they were better in clearing that 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 um, All Ireland final. And as I said, the mindset of the, the match and the way it um, went through, uh, I, I think that was quite evident. But you know, Clare, you know, just Clare had something different about them, and they were on a mission that day, and they were going to do whatever it took. And I suppose the the All Ireland semi final. I, I, again, I, I'll say it. I don't think Clare got the credit they deserved for beating Galway. You know, awfully beat down. Um, you know, they did what they needed to do and they won comfortably enough in the end. But like that Ireland semi-final didn't do awfully any good leading into that All-Ireland either. Right, OK. Right, we'll come back with uh, performance of the weekend.
Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Okay, performance of the weekend and I'm going to start with Brian Lohan not just because he's on the show here Brian but look we disagree here I think Pat O'Connor um, will never forget the mauling he got by Brian Lohan and Michael Dignan went in and he got a woeful mauling as well and it was only when John Troy went in for the last 10-15 minutes that he got a bit of change but sure Lohan had a, had a bad hamstring at that stage so couldn't kind could only kind of shadow John Troy do you know what I mean couldn't do couldn't do his usual I'll bull out past you and I'll just best you out of way you know that kind of a way he, mm. unusual to see Brian Lohan following a lad you know and just standing a few yards off him yeah it was and look he'd hurt that that um, hamstring in the semi-final as well against Conor yeah. and stayed on that day too because that was in the Antelli the other day and, and TG Carter and um, I'd forgotten that aspect of it so obviously it was troubling him going into that All-Ireland final and look you're right look I, I'm not trying to say that Pat O'Connor won the jewel far from it like Brian Lawton absolutely destroyed him uh, in terms of winning ball um, and, and you know he went through two or three markers and you know like the strength of character to be able to hurl with um, a torn hamstring in that Ireland final um, I, I don't know how torn it was obviously I pulled it but, yeah he pulled yeah, it he yeah pulled. pulled it but still it doesn't matter to have anything wrong with you in that Ireland final and to keep going um, just shows you know how unbelievable this fellow was um, brilliant brilliant hurler and obviously big performance on, on, on the, the biggest day of them all for Clare that day so you know he really did lead from the back you have to, you have a, to give him credit for that in a weird way it was good that it was John Troy was getting the balls off him because like Brian said that if someone took him on he would have been gone now I, I've done my hamstring enough times Brian to know that you could probably jog half pace on a on a pulled hamstring probably not a torn one mm. and that's what Brian it looked to be was doing he was jogging out after him you know making sure he was on his outside like he says but sure John Troy would never go try try and go past someone so you know Troy yeah. was the perfect one to have gone in on him that time and you see I suppose awfully it wasn't until probably later on in, in 98 that they tried something different when you know their need was most they tried Johnny Pilkington there to trouble Brian Lohan you know someone with pace had put the head down and run at him you know Brian Whelan obviously went up full forward at times in the, in one of the, in those trilogies as well in that second game I think it was and you know obviously went full forward for that Ireland too so you know Offaly didn't have those real pacey forwards and you know, we've talked about that so you know Look, lucky enough, I've never actually pulled the hamstring or even torn the hamstring. I suppose I've never gone fast enough to actually to pull them. So <laughs> I, I'm not able to empathise with them um, and know what they were going through, really. Jeez, I, like I have to say, Frank Lohan, Billy Dooley scored a brilliant early point and you're thinking here, this um, he could be on song today. And geez, Frank Lohan gave Billy Dooley a terrible roasting after that. I don't. Billy Dooley barely felt the weight of the ball and Frank consistently won it, almost Brian Lohan-esque, kind yeah. of the way he was bursting out with it. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, being honest. And that first point that Billy got actually, there, there, it's an iconic picture as well, where 
uh, Frank and Brian Lawton are wrapping Johnny Dooley up in the tackle and you know Johnny's frantically trying to get the hand pass off and gets it away alright but uh, you know still Billy had a bit of work to do to score it and as you said look you'd be thinking off they're going two points and no score up there they're on top of their game two scores from play and but you're right, Frank Lowe and I thought was immense a cornerback. You know, the amount of ball he won, anything that went over in that corner, high, low, getting out in front, coming, sweeping even across Brian Lowe at times, in behind Anthony Daly. Uh, he was he was immense, definitely. Yeah. No, he was absolutely brilliant. Fergie too, he, like, I mean, he stood up and he needed to stand up because the clear forwards weren't playing well, especially in the first half. They were getting toothless tigers is what they were up there. They had no kind of um, danger, uh, probably until the Sparrow got that great score uh, just before half time. Yeah, like, and like, again, coming back to, to big moments, I thought, you know, Offaly got the goal, the fluky goal just before half time, I pushed him in front, four points at that stage, I think it was, and, uh, very, very, very soft free, I thought, against Offaly. You know, Dickie Murphy, the free against Kevin Martin for overcarrying and um, real, do, not even dubious, that was not a free, you know. No, yeah, no, Kevin that was Martin desperate. indicated, look, my arm was pulled and it was, but that free would never have been given because it wasn't even steps. Cause, no. You know, it, it was desperate soft free and then, as you said, Sparrow got the point, a great score, you know, he just done what you like to see from a current forward, just got his uh, nudge of the hips on Shane McGuckin to get that ball in space and uh, you know stopped up to hit it it looked like he was kind of doing the real wrong thing but uh, just uh, got the right distance on it and just crept over the bar brilliant score and that I suppose gave Clare a lot of belief because they you know they they took the blow of the goal responded with a couple of points yeah. and you know had it back to two at half time because I, I even just looking at their body language running off the field at half time you know they all came running you know with, with purpose off they'd, you know they, they knew what they were part of whereas Offaly were kind of probably like sluggish and coming off the field thinking geez, this is not going the way we expected but um, you know you're right about Fergie too to go back to him I thought his performance was absolutely excellent in a, in a tight game where, fall, or where backs were completely on top to score four points Treat yeah. him when he went in centre forward off Hubert Rigney. Um, brilliant, brilliant performance. Yeah, that was a really big performance by him. For me, the three nominations if you were doing Sunday game would have been Brian Lohan, Frank Lohan, and Fergie Tuhi. Now, obviously, Kevin Kinahan, because awfully lost, he wouldn't be in the shake up, but he was on a par with any of those three performance wise. His second half performance was out of this world. Unbelievable. You know, even look in the first half, he won everything that came near him as well but probably didn't have the same amount of clearances. But the second half, oh my God, like talk about an exhibition of catching ball. He caught one of them with his fingers out over certain lines, I think it was, or someone like that at one stage, or, or the Sparrow maybe. And just, he was absolutely brilliant. And I fell from though, because he made that mistake at the end, you know, he... Was that, what was that free for? Was that for a throw ball? So he threw up the ball to strike, and obviously Sir Lines got a hook on him. And what happened was he pulled back the other way. So he pulled both ways. Uh, very technical foul I would say 99 times out of 100 that free wouldn't have been given so when you um, say he's trying to explain that to explain that you can't you can't if you swing a hurl uh, one way you can't pull back the other way in the next motion oh like you're almost using a sword or something you can't be exactly. whipping over right yeah you saw that's called pulling both well, why would you want yeah, to pull back the other way you'd be hitting the ball the wrong way because at that stage the ball had bounced so he suppose he was just trying to flick it back maybe out into the corner well, even if it falls on the if it falls on the ground, you can't pull back the other way no. like that, right? You no. only have to keep going forward. Yeah. So if you right. pull, it's all, as I said, the the, the layman's terms is pulling both ways. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I didn't know so that. That's what that's why they got pulled for. As I said, 
that that particular foul is very very rarely blown up. It, it look it was a free, so there's probably no point in complaining either. Right. I, well, you never see that in the model. I don't think I've ever seen a, f- a free for anything like that. Yeah, but look, it's it's not. It's probably not as as prevalent now. Um, because right. obviously people aren't pulling on the ball as much as they used to be. Whereas back then, I suppose you know people were there was an awful lot more ground hurling, and I, I suppose it was it's it's quite dangerous if someone actually does pull both ways because if you think about it, if you're pulling one, yeah. then you just turn around and someone's wide open. Um, it, it was it was one probably that was done for safety more than anything. Right, right, okay. Anthony Daly, I suppose, deserves a mention. Not a spectacular game, but he did an excellent uh, second half. And I suppose, like I didn't know at the start when you were saying it, and when Brian was saying that he overruled Shawnee McMahon, who hadn't missed one all day. Like, you wonder, like, it's bizarre, because he missed that free that came off the post. Do you know, like, I know he's, like, you'll you'll package it now and say he set up the goal. He didn't really, he missed that. He missed that. Was it a free or a 65? I think it was a free. A free, yeah. And uh, he missed that. Yeah, and then stood up again, like you know, and then did it, and then did it again. Yeah, well, yeah, now when when the goal comes off it, you can convince yourself you set it up in your own head. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he he just said that he hit a free early on in the game, and he and he um he melted it basically. He just drove it as far as he and he felt good about hitting long range frees and just felt he was striking the ball really well. Even though, as he said himself, he, he didn't hit a lot of ball in that game. But I suppose from a player perspective, is he he nullified Johnny Dooley, who got that was a big thing. Score, that was a big thing. But, you know, I suppose neither of them actually hurled, really. You know, the kind of way, just kind of a game kind of bypassed them. But look, as I said, looking back on it, Offaly were probably slow on the line. You know, the left Johnny Dooley there, the left Billy Dooley getting roasted. You know, Joe Dooley was, he, he, look, he got every opportunity at wing forward, but, you know, probably should have been moved into his, into in, into corner forward. And, um, you know, so I, I thought Offaly didn't probably do enough to try and counteract Clare's dominance from that perspective. But you're right, Daly deserves a kind of a nomination for standing up for as a captain, particularly in those last five, ten minutes. Because as I said, I thought he won a lot of very important ball um, in play as well. Yeah, and his speech, I suppose. We'll give it. We'll give him a nomination <laughs> for the speech more than anything else. Uh, and the last sixty-five, which sailed over lovely. The um, I suppose under on the Offaly team, it's very difficult to pick uh, to pick other nominations. Dahi Regan, I thought, was very good through a brilliant first half, and I thought he, some of his deliveries into the forward line in the second half were very, very good as well. Like you know, almost modern type of deliveries with a a, a good low trajectory um, into the likes of Troy. Brian Wheelahan, uh, very good. Maybe James, he gave him trouble, but James. He couldn't put it over the bar, but the block, I suppose, or the hook on on Sparrow, and you know, he just played. He played well throughout. It's very rare you'd see him not playing well, anyways. But it, I suppose it's hard to see any more on the Offaly side outside of Keenahan's the obvious one, Wheelahan and Regan. Yeah, and maybe Martin Hanami. To be fair, he dominated. You know, um, Stephen McNamara, and um, I thought he was quite good. But you know, a couple of poor clearances maybe rushed him. Um, but. Martin very, very rarely gave anything away. T- tough as nails, back cornerback. But as I said, up front then, obviously, they, they, they did very, very little joy up there. Um, yeah, so it was probably one, one to forget from an Offaly perspective, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it definitely was. So who will we give this to? I'm going to go on... Um I'm going to go again. I think Shawnee McMahon got it. I don't know where they were coming. Shawnee McMahon's man of the match. Um, he played well, but like for, for me, Fergie too, he has to get man of the match. That in a really tight game to get four from play, um, you know, and three in the second half when it was nip and tuck. You're only scoring one thirteen, and you're getting four from play when a lot of other forwards around you aren't like even you know a higher profile um, aren't performing. For me, Fergie too, he is, was the man of the match. 
I'm so glad you said that we are letting go <laughs> this one because I fully agree with you. Looking back at that again yesterday, you know, when you it, it is mad looking back at it through different lens that if ever someone stood up when they needed him. And you know, Fergie too, he wasn't you know, he, he obviously always used to chip in with a couple of scores, but you know, he was the forward on the day for yeah. both teams. Four points in a in a tight game, we're backs on top. Brilliant performance, uh, and I fully agree with you on that one. Yeah, and I, t- I suppose should get, should have given Connor Clancy a mention, who was at nothing in a full forward, but got on a few balls then when went out when he went out the field, and. Uh, yeah you know made himself a bit of a nuisance but you're right Fergie too he managed a match we've agreed you did your best to turn me off Brian Lowe and even though he took the call today and you know what I'm like I'm a soft touch I'm a soft touch for that kind of thing um, this, yeah. this is the this is the first time uh, we've overruled the caller here Fergie too he it's hard not to it's hard not to uh, pick Fergie on that second half performance and all true right Brian we'll leave it there that's it we'll see what we'll be back with next week with some more nostalgia next Monday and we'll talk to you all then good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today, because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later when we're 